everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough. And we're on the cusp of breaking another hundo. We're episode 399. How are you doing, Bren? Oh, God, why? Yeah, I know. It's weird. It it didn't need to be like this. It didn't need to keep going. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I just felt like, why not keep the streak alive? Uh, It's definitely uh, lost steam over the past few months. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We're we're out here playing games. In our defense, so has the planet. Yeah, that's true. I think not many shows decided to power through the pandemic, but uh, we're lunatics. <laughs> but that's the thing. Uh, getting to episode 400, that's going to be a crazy milestone. I'll try to have some other of our co-hosts make an appearance or have <laughs> no some kind promises. of like feedback. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's probably going to be me and Brent again. <laughs> but you know how it goes, listener. But uh, yeah, I remember on our 200th episode or something, I'm pretty sure someone said to, something to the effect of like, here's to another 200. I was probably not expecting it to make it this far, but here we are. <laughs> it was less of a blessing and more of a curse that was placed upon us and yes. obligated us to actually finish out that request. I might have to say it again tomorrow, or on tomorrow, on the, on the next episode. <laughs> we record um, these once a day. We're exactly. just really slow putting them out. That's, <laughs> that's why we're never topical. God damn. Uh, well, speaking of which, do we have anything we want to talk about today? This is a video game podcast for anybody new. I did get around to playing... I don't want to say something new because it's something old and I've talked about it before. <laughs> I know it's but, not new. I saw that but stream. there's something new about it I'm going to mention. I don't know. Uh, do you want to go first this week? <laughs> I mean, sure. I don't have much room to talk, though. It's just Binding of Isaac for me. Yeah. Uh, I played... I think I talked about it before. I played some Among Us with some friends. Yeah, the same problems I talked about before with the new map are still there. It's way too goddamn big. Like, I understand that... I. We talked about how they're expanding the lobbies to 15 players. Yeah. I think that's the only way that map will even work, because I played with six people. Granted, six is, like, kind of the minimum number of players you can play with and still get by. Mm -hmm. Um, You need seven players to actually have two imposters. So with six, we only had one imposter, and (laughs) I guess I hang out with good people now, because they're terrible at lying. So it was pretty easy to figure out who was the imposter pretty quick, and then once you kick them out the game's over. So you kind of need two imposters just to have an actual game going. Um, And of course, when I'm the imposter, we kept going and I won because I just lie so naturally and it comes so (laughs) easy. (laughs) Well, and that's a question I had for you. Did the 15 person lobbies apply to the old, the original maps too? Uh, They haven't taken, they haven't sent that update out yet. So it's not in effect. So I'm not sure. I would imagine so, but there's, each map is like equivalent to the size, so there's like a small, medium, and large map, and now there's like a huge map. Um, so with like the small and medium maps, the medium one is like the default one that everyone knows, the spaceship. Yeah. Um, Fifteen at both of those places would be real rough. Even That's with ten, it's a lot of people in either of those. So fifteen could really only apply to like the large and huge map, but the huge map you need like that many people just to function. Yeah, because when we played with six people on that one, you wouldn't run into anybody. And yeah, it it's a barren wasteland. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like, ah, you know, Red is hiding in the corner. He's doing something. It's like, no, he just, all of his tasks were on the other side of the map, and I just never saw, like, half the players. So, like, I can't be like, I saw Green and Teal together. Now Green's dead, so Teal's the killer. It's like, I don't know what happened. I haven't seen anyone. Like, yeah. I, I have no information to work with. So... The new map's really fucking big, and it's hard to work with. 
Um, there's a lot of new tasks on there that are unique to that map. Some of them are really dumb. There's a dial combination vault where you have to spin, you know, the dial to the right number and just reset it and change it back. Yeah. That, the dial just does not work. I know how to use combination locks. I, you know, we use them in our lockers for school growing up. Like, it's easy enough to work. Something about that task, though, in the game just does not function correctly. So huh. that one's really irritating if you get it. Um, and there's a few others that are fine, but then there's just like uh, two rooms in the in the huge ship. There's like three hallways to get across from like one side to the other. Yeah, one of them is just an empty gap. You can't get across. You can see the other side. You see a password on one side. You run around to the other side. You put in the password. Like that's the task. That's the challenge. Another one is an empty gap, but it's got a platform that floats uh, between the two sides. But you can only use it if you're on the side with it. You can't, like, recall it back to you from the other side. Right. And then the third hallway is just a regular hallway you can get across. But that makes it so you have, like, one and a half ways to get across the ship, basically. Because one you can't use at all, and the other one you can only use if the platform's on your side. Right. So if there is an emergency, and you're at, like, the top of the ship, and you have to go to the other side, you have to run all the way down to the bottom and then back up, and you waste a lot of time. So it's just really annoying. See, like, you need that many people just to be all over the map evenly. I see. Otherwise, yeah. you're just, you're running from one end to the other. And, you know, you have a minute to fix the emergency, but it'll take you 40 seconds just to get there, <laughs> let alone do the task. Right. So it's cool. I'm glad they updated. I'm glad they're putting all the stuff from, you know, the sequel game they were working on into the first one for free. Like, that's really cool for them. They're doing great stuff for, like, a small team. But the new map is real rough and definitely needs, like, some play testing and some you know patches and updates to really fine-tune it do they have any cool new like cosmetics or anything i feel like that's an easy one to give uh fans yeah they got like a they got hats you can put on your little characters and there's always seasonal ones for different holidays and stuff and then they added some new ones with the new update which you know they're neat but you know it's just cosmetics you can change them out between games and stuff um one thing that's weird is you can wear hats and you can wear suits like body cosmetics that change your you know outfit yeah they haven't updated those at all. It's the same, like, six or seven from the start of the game. But hmm. there's, like, a shitload of hats. So it's like, oh, that's odd. Maybe that's uh, coming. Maybe. And then you can get, like, pets that follow you around, like, various pets. But that's DLC. That's so, cool. I don't, maybe there's more costumes in DLC. I just <laughs> am not willing to put money into because why the fuck would I? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. But it's, it is cool seeing it. And it is a small team. So it's great to see what they can do with it. But, like, yeah. The huge map's really big, and it's it's you need like at least ten people to play it, or else you know, like I said, you just you don't see anybody, you get no information, and then the smaller maps, fifteen people would just be way too much, and you would just always see, you know, if you're in a group of four people, one of you is the imposter, and we'll kill all the other ones. So, you know, it gets real messy real quick. Got it. Besides that, though, pretty much just Binding of Isaac for me. I have other games. I thought about playing Loop Hero. I didn't. I went back to Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Good news Seems is... addicting. <laughs> it's very addicting. <laughs> um, good news is I unlocked the last character, Jacob and Uessa. God, it's, a, it's very biblical. It's a lot of biblical names that I just do not know because I am... <laughs> I was raised Catholic, which means poorly. Um, so I know nothing about the <laughs> Bible. Um, but I got them... It is 
I don't know how you would get this without looking it up. There's plenty of games that will, like, breadcrumb you, like, hints and clues, and be like, oh, if you pay attention, you'll figure out how to get the secret. This is not that. Um, with a lot of the other characters, it tells you, like, unlock this character by beating this mode, on, like, hard mode with this character and doing this. Like, it'll kind of tell you how to get to him. It's just a challenge of actually doing it. Right. This character, it just was question marks, so it doesn't tell you how to do it. Awesome. So the way you do it, this is the strap in, folks. This will be a little bit of a journey. All right. The way you do it is, with this new update, there are two new areas that I've talked about. The, like, sewers and the mines, basically. So you play, like, seven levels, and you can go to the sewers on levels, like, two and three, and the mines on levels, like, f- three or four. Or, no, two and three and four or five uh, are the mines. So it's basically those areas. And then there's, like, a mausoleum, which is our, like, levels, like, six and seven. So pretty much there's three new areas and two maps for each of those areas. Okay. Unsurprising, the new secret character is tied to those areas. What you have to do, though, is you do the first map. You need a key after you beat the boss to get into the sewer area. So you need at least one key. And I don't know if they've changed the chances of stuff appearing in this game, but since the update, it is really difficult to find keys and bombs. Like, they must have dropped the spawn rate of those because it's... Much harder now. At least it seems like for me. Damn. Um, so you beat the first map, beat the boss, get a key, unlock the sewers. Go into the sewers. Beat that map in the sewers. Get to the second map of the sewers. You'll find a room with a mirror in it. And in one of the rooms, randomly, you'll find a white flame. Like a white bonfire. And that's it. No clues, no instructions. Don't tell you anything <laughs> about that. You just experiment and test stuff out and hope you figured it out. Wow. I said, fuck this. I just looked up a guide. So yeah, go into the sewers on the third stage. You touch the white flame. That'll kill you. Make you a ghost. As a ghost, you fly into the mirror and go into like a mirror world where it's all reversed. Mm. In the mirror world, you go to the treasure room where you get like the upgrades. You'll get a knife handle, the handle to a knife. And then you fly back out. Because as a ghost, if you take one hit, you die. It's your instant kill. So it's very dangerous to be that ghost in that mirror world. Because the enemies respawn. Yeah, wow. That is a challenge. I That's the first step, Doug. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be a bit of a journey. I know yep. no one cares about this because no one here plays Binding Isaac besides me. No, but, but it's go. insane that, yeah, I'm excited to hear the rest of it. So you get the knife handle, and uh, that's the first step. You go back out of the mirror, you beat the stage, you go to the next floor. Um, you go to the mine area. To get to the mine areas, you beat the boss. You have to have two bombs to blow open the doors. So if you don't have two bombs, you can't get in there. And like, it, like it's tough finding these keys and bombs. I don't know why, but it's much harder now. Um, so I get the keys, uh, blow up the door, go to the mine area on like stage four with this bit. Yeah. Uh, do the mines. Fine. Uh, standard as usual. Go to the second mine area. So stage like five. No, yeah, stage five. Um, and on the second mine area, there's three yellow switches throughout the map. And you have to hit the yellow switches. When you get to hit the lo- yellow switches, it opens up a secret path with a minecart. You go in there. It's a parallel area where you don't have any of your abilities, no items, nothing. You walk through all these maps and you get the knife, like the knife blade. Yeah. So part two of the knife. As soon as you get that 
second part of the knife, the door shuts, a big shadow monster appears and starts chasing you back through all the rooms that you went through. Damn. But, but now all of those rooms are different because they all have w- traps or things to block you. So you have to, like, fight your way through, like, rocks or spikes or little puzzles while the shadow creature chasing you and while you don't have any of your items. So if you had an item that made you fly and you could easily avoid all of these puzzles, you don't have it anymore in this area. Holy shit. So it gets tough. And it's kind of like, you know, it's like a bull in, like, a matador match. Like, you see it rev up and it charges at you. And if you just sidestep it, it'll fly past you and it's easy enough to avoid but the platforms are very small, so it's it's tough, and this thing can beat you down pretty hard. Um, but if you get out of there successfully, you have, I'll have part one and two of the knife. Now, you go to the mausoleum. I think that's what it's called. And to get into there, you don't need bombs or keys. You need to sacrifice two hearts. So you have to have at least three hearts of some kind to get in there. Because it's like a blood sacrifice to get in. Right. Get in there... This is going to be stages like 6 and 7. Do stage 6, same as usual, just do regular floor. Go to stage 7, the second part of the mausoleum. You have to beat Mom, the boss of that floor. And if you do that with the two knife components, you'll open. You'll get like a red door. You have to then use the knife you have to open it, like you'll attack it. And this goes to a whole secret area where... Before Binding Isaac, you would go to the womb afterwards, or the scarred womb. Now you're going to the corpse. So it's all this like weird analogy of like you're now inside of your mom, or you're inside of like the scarred version of your mom, or now you're inside the dead version of your mom. Binding Isaac's a very fucked up game. Yep, sounds um, it. Yeah. So now you go to this third stage, or yes, third area, or fourth area called the corpse. You have to beat that as usual, and then when you get to that, you get to the mother, or you get to. Uh, you fight mom's heart, and then you fight mom's dead heart, and it's like a few boss battles and stuff. You fight more bosses, basically. And then at the very end, you fight, like, the new version of mom, which is, like, harder and, like, crazier than stuff I fought before. And then once you beat her, you unlock the new character. Jesus Christ. So wait, but that's <laughs> the thing. Do, do, do they honestly expect anyone to do that naturally or without a guide? Because, like, that just sounds... Like too much, too many things in a row. Like, or like, do, do those things like even matter outside of trying to get this character? So, like, would you end up going to that ghost world just by accident and being like, "Wow, that was cool," and then moving along with your run and not even realizing you're trying to unlock this character? Maybe if you've been playing Binding of Isaac like relentlessly, and you're like, "All right, this has to do something. I gotta just trial and error and figure it out." Right. But if it's just me and I'm like, "Oh, there's you know regular fires that don't do anything." There's red fires that attack you. There's blue fires that if you blow them up with a bomb, you can get a soul heart, which is like a little temporary health. Yeah. There's purple fires, which are like the blue fires, but they also attack you. And now there's a white fire. And if I touch that, I turn into a ghost. I don't know what to do as it goes. Like, so it's just trial and error of like being a ghost and combining with all your different items, trying blowing up every wall, touching everything. And maybe you'll figure out that like, oh, as a ghost, you go into the mirror world. Right, but then, but then what you're there, it's like, all right, what do I do here? Um, and like, I'm sure some people have pieced together stuff of like, ah, here's a new update, here's the new areas. I'm sure the new areas are connected. If I do all of the new areas in one run, I'm sure I can like piece together something. May- sure, I'll give you the benefit of someone smarter than me and figured that out. <laughs> sure, but I can't 
even with some of the other stuff before this DLC, I definitely had guides to look up Binding Isaac because there's so much. Yeah. And there's so much that's secret. Like, one character I still haven't even unlocked because you have to play as every other character and die in a specific room on every run. And some of those rooms don't always spawn, so it's just random chance if you even get that room. If you don't get that room, you have to restart from the beginning. So, some of these are just so ridiculous. Even after hearing your little walkthrough of how you accomplished it, it, it makes sense why they had question marks. Because they're like, fuck, if I know, how are we going to, like, in a couple how sentences? How do we explain like, this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The benefit is, because this DLC that came out is all fan-made content that already existed, and then just got, like, officially ported into the game, mm-hmm. it's all been out already. So it's not like, when there was previous DLC, it's like, ooh, there's, uh, like, a hundred new items. We don't know what any of them are, because no one's played this yet. So, good luck figuring out what these new items are. But because this content's already been out for a long time, if you look up anything in this DLC, it's already out there. So I was able to look up a guide and very quickly find, like, do this, 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 and this. And the guide that told me how to do that's been out for, you know, three years. Because it's fan-made and they already knew what to do. Right. So, the benefit is there is plenty of stuff that'll tell you what everything is and how to do everything. But I don't. I don't know how you would do this on your own. Like, this is one where, like, you need a guide. I don't yeah, care how smart you are. That was this absurd. Is, this is ridiculous. And there's even more stuff. Like, I'm sure there's plenty more stuff that I I haven't done yet. Um, With the new character I talked about, like, with Bethany, she got a book that spawns, like, little fireballs that help you. That's really useful. Yeah. The gimmick with these two characters, Jacob and Uessa, um, is you play as two characters. So you control two characters the whole time interesting it is so much harder to take care of two characters because they have different stats and they share if you get any stat upgrade like damage increase or speed upgrade or like health upgrade they both share that well no correction any stat upgrade besides health will be shared between the two of them okay i think i'm not i'm not confident on this because they both have their own health bars, like their own separate hearts, and different items affect who gets it. So Jacob can get one, but Uessa doesn't get both. Uh, doesn't get the item as well. Okay. So you have to plan out specifically who gets what items, and then like some items combine together. So it's like, well, I got the previous item for this. I want to give it to Jacob because it'll combine with the other item he has. Right. But then like you also have items you can activate in it, and it's. I cannot for the life of me figure out how to activate the abilities correctly because I'm I'm using everyone's at all at the same time because it's it's very difficult to control two characters at the same time it turns out especially in a small confined room in a bullet hell. Yeah, so, that sounds insane. And the real kicker is if one of them dies, they both die. So, oh, damn. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like, ah, oh. oh, he's a little buddy that helps you out. It's like, no, you have to make sure they both live. And that's where it becomes just so much harder. Because one of them starts out with less health. So it's like, oh, one guy has more health than the other. I'll just send that one guy into like all the battles. Like, yeah, but it's a bullet hell. So there's bullets everywhere. Yeah. So, so even if you put Jacob in the corner because he has low health, he'll probably get hit by something. And then he dies and then the run's over. So oh, Jacob. I yeah, I got these new characters and I don't think I'm going to unlock anything with them because I hate playing as them so much. It's so much harder. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like a chore. Yeah. So I'm still, you know, still in love with Binding of Isaac. It's still wildly fun, but like, 
I'm definitely hitting the wall of like I'm not doing these challenges. I'm not unlocking everything anymore. I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm old and tired and done. Agree to, <laughs> but I got 700 hours into it. I've put my time in. So. Fair. Yeah, that's cool. That's mainly what I've been playing. All right. Well, yeah, my update's not anything too crazy. So that's the thing. I never did get around to Gravity Rush, unfortunately. But the thing I do want to mention is a game I brought up on the show. God, I want to say two or three times now, but like never completed it. But Dark Cloud for PlayStation 2. <laughs> Why Let, play something somewhat relevant hear or recent? Out. Let's play was, a game from 20 years ago. <sighs> Dude, it was, I was on my PlayStation 5 and I was looking at my game library. <laughs> and I was like, PlayStation 5. Yeah, but it's it's on my it's in my library because it was on my PS4. Long story short, I'm playing <laughs> Dark Cloud uh, One on my PlayStation Five. It is like the PlayStation Two port, and I pull up my like save data, and I have like 32 hours into it. I'm like, damn, I'm like damn near close to the end of this game. So I'm like, let me just like finish this game. It's like a childhood game that I've always loved, and I don't know how it ends. And mm-hmm. I think I even mistakenly said on this podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, I've beat Dark Cloud. And then like, as I'm making progress, I'm like, I've never been to this area in my entire <laughs> life. So there's no way I ever beat this game. I, I thought I did. So now that I'm back at it, I would always get stuck. It's so frustrating. Every, I must have played this game up until this point three solid times on like my actual uh, PlayStation 2 memory cards, uh, PS4, and now PS5. And I would get to this area called Lemon Drops, which is, like, on the moon with these, like, uh, rabbit people. And mm. you have to build this mech uh, to, like, fight this genie. Because it's, like, building up to, like, the ultimate final battle. And I was – even, like, the way the text and stuff was worded, I'm like, oh, man, I think I'm about to beat this game, at, like, tonight when I, like, picked it back up. I'm yeah. like, let's – I'm going to do a couple solid hours and just hammer this out. So what ended up happening was I got the last few Atla balls I needed in order to, like, build this mech. And it's so actually frustrating because, like, in most of the instances, you go to where, like, I don't know, uh, previous areas in the game is, like, a village, and you're trying to rebuild the village. So as you're in the village, you can rebuild it. I'm, like, in the area where the mech is, and I'm trying to rebuild the mech, and the me- and it, the menu's, like, saying to me, like, oh, no, you have to be in the dungeon in order to do this. I'm like, why would that be? So hmm. I would travel to the dungeon, build the mech, and then you'd have to travel back to the mech to in order to deal with cutscenes it's very just like broken the flow of the game i feel like people could easily get lost here and be like what am i supposed to do Mm -hmm. and just get hung up on it and hence why i never really progressed but i i was looking up a guide but i honestly intuitively was like oh i have to figure out uh how to arrange this mech and apparently uh some of the parts of it were like right arm left arm and i was doing it like to my right versus uh uh, the versus the robots right so once i corrected that it like triggered a cutscene. i'm like oh my god we're finally making progress and it was cool because like mild spoilers for a dark cloud like this whole time (laughs) you're fighting this giant like pink genie and he's this big like intimidating fat motherfucker and he's got like this evil little like corporate guy that like is his slave and this, like, once you're the mech, you fly up to, like, through all the dark cloud to get to the dark heaven castle is what it's called. It's this floating castle that the genie uh, has. And there's this, like, battle sequence that it requires no gameplay whatsoever, which I thought was, like, the final battle. I'm like, this is really anticlimactic. Is like, I'm not even going to, like, fight the genie because the mech 
just destroys the genie right before our eyes. It, like there is a <laughs> moment where like uh, he just like like anime style just like wipes him out and just like yeah. there's like this big blast. It was super cool, but it turns out like that wasn't like the end of the genie after all. And then like the mech gets destroyed, and then I'm sent to this area where it's like you have one final dungeon and there's 25 levels to it. And I'm like, bro, I literally Ooh. thought I was gonna beat the game, and you're <laughs> no. throwing another 25 level dungeon at me. And this time it's for real, like the last one with the hardest enemies. So I ended up saving my game and I'm like, I'll come back to this on stream. And that's exactly what I did on Saturday night. I streamed like me going through these 25 levels. I'm like, we're going to bang this out. We're going to get to this final boss and we're going to beat this game. And the, I, it was great. I love this game to death. And I Mm. do have like my one sword, like leveled up for tone, like, like to max level. It's like, I one shot most enemies. It's incredible. But But. there's this thing called a limited zone on certain levels. So the final five levels of the dungeon were like for each one of my allies, I would have to play specifically as them. And for those unfamiliar with Dark Cloud, this is like before Breath of the Wild. This is the first game I freaking experienced uh, a weapon system where your weapons will break if you're not like repairing them quick enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they just uh, take damage. It's brutal because you like work so hard throughout the entire game. And if it breaks, you either have to like reload your game or just move on. And there's like no way I'm going to move on. I would just be like (laughs) whatever progress I've made, I have to just – yeah, exactly. But – uh, so that all being said, some, that's the thing. I was really leveling up Tone's sword and he's just like a badass. All my other characters, not so much. Mm-hmm. And there's like limited zones where I would be playing as, let's say, uh, this one guy's name's Ungaga. Really bad name. I don't know why they named him that. But regardless, he has like a speared and or halberd or something. And I had his like, what I want to say, final weapon like there's like as you progress through the game and open chests and stuff uh you could get like a like probably the best weapon in the game for this guy and i had that i can't remember exactly what it was called i think it was called solar flare anyway it was this big ass fucking spear like trident thing and i in the limited zone i fucking broke it and i was thinking to myself (laughs) i don't i I didn't save in a long time and i'm streaming i'm not trying to save scum this we'll just move ahead and I'll just use what any other weapon I have. And oh my god, I went from doing like a shitload of damage each swing to like next to nothing. And the way <laughs> the, the dungeons work, it's randomized uh, throughout the different enemies you're trying to kill. Mm-hmm. They're, one of them will drop the item to progress through the dungeon. And in the instance of Gallery of Time, it's called the Clock Hands. So I'm in this dungeon with all these enemies that I could barely kill. And I'm like, every time I would uh, attack certain ones, it would like really damage my my weapon because like it's just like a low level weapon mm-hmm. it was just a nightmare and then there was certain instances where i would have to like leave the dungeon like buy a shitload of repair powders give it another go and then i would just be praying like every time i would like take the amount of time to slowly kill an enemy be like please just drop the clock hands eventually got past all those limited zones and did get to the final boss and this is real climactic. It felt like a Final Fantasy like ending because like this fucking boss is just insane to look at. He has these giant wings, just very intimidating. And um yeah, I can't beat him. It's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I tried my best on stream and uh we even had some people, like new people to the stream, giving us a follow, giving me their advice, being like, I love Dark Cloud, I'm happy to see you play this, be like, this is how you deal with this part of the boss, because it is just I, I went in completely blind. So like specific. I I don't 
yeah, I don't want to, like, uh, put a guide up for this boss specifically. But, like, yeah, he's sending up, like, hands through the floor. You have to dodge that. And then depending on what uh, color eyeball is on the hand, you have to set the attribute of your weapon to that in order for it to do mm. damage. So that's the thing. It, the whole boss fight is really just management. Like, you're pulling up your menu, I want to say, more than 50% of the fight because Ooh. you're just, like, doing, like, I got to freaking jump to this attribute. I also got to make sure yeah. I have uh, water so my character's not thirsty. I also need to... Uh, <laughs> it's Seriously, there's so many things to manage. It's unbelievable. Jeez. So, yeah, I, I love Dark Cloud to death, but uh, this boss fight seems like it's going to keep me stuck for a little bit, and that's, that's the problem. So I would finally... Finish that uh, phase of the boss where he's like sending the hands at me, and then the next phase is a ranged phase. And of my allies, I want to say three of them have ranged weapons. So it's like, okay, obviously I have to fight as these one of these three characters. All of them are super low level weak characters. Every time like I shoot this guy, it does like two damage or something. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not acceptable. And this is the final boss of the game. So like, what it leads me to believe is I'm most likely going to be going back to some earlier dungeons with these ranged characters, leveling up their weapons like mad, and then mm-hmm. taking another st- stab at it. Yeah. But I have I don't even know how many more phases this boss has. But it is something that it's got me reinvigorated to get back into dark cloud and just finish this game once and for all because like yeah once like i saw that cutscene with the mech killing the the genie i'm like yo we did it it's over but no (laughs) No. it's it's like no there's much more like you know this is a a true jrpg yeah that's the false hope they give and it's like oh here's the actual boss exactly and he's fucking impossible it's wild (laughs) that you're talking about that really just reminds me a lot of like final fantasy 9 because that's I yes. think that was probably the first big JRPG that I played that really like taught me a lot of the basics of RPG mechanics. And stuff like that is why you become a hoarder in games where um in Final Fantasy IX, for anyone who doesn't know, you get different items, like different gear, and you can learn different abilities with that. You have to have that certain gear equipped until yeah. you can learn that ability permanently. And then once you learn it permanently, you can change out the item and they'll still have that ability. I love that mechanic. Cool mechanic. I didn't understand it as a kid. So the, oh, sure. run, the runaway ability, which is standard in a lot of Final Fantasy and like Kingdom Hearts like sort of systems, where you can just run away from a fight if you don't want to deal with it, is an ability that I did not learn. Oh my uh, god. So my the main character Zidane never had that. So then later in the game, I didn't understand mechanics as a kid, so I never taught him that ability. I never right. made him learn it. So later in the game, when you're playing as just Zidane, who only does melee attacks... And you're in the temple where all yes. of the enemies are resistant to melee attacks by yourself. I couldn't beat it. There's yeah, literally no way I could have beaten it. Getting the, the random encounters all the time. Yeah. In hindsight, I figured out, like, replaying it and looking back, that temple gives you all of the first level items. Because the stronger your item is, the less damage you do. That's right. And they don't explain that whatsoever. But no, no I remember looking that up. I actually had the Primo or Prima official guide to that. So when I was playing the game at the time, it was like, yeah, equip your worst weapon. Well, and yeah. I was like, why would I do that? And then it was doing shitloads of damage. I was yeah. like, whoa. And then your first weapon as a Dane teaches you the ability to run away. But as a kid, and it doesn't explain that, I didn't know that. So I'm just like, I physically cannot beat this yeah. part. Like, I can't get further. So it's kind of like the same with Dark Cloud, where it's like, cool, now I'm hoarding all of my items, and you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Every party member has to be, like, equally leveled up, because, yeah, you're going to get sent to a plot-relevant mission with these three party members, and they're all so under-leveled, they can't do anything. Yeah, it's brutal. I... (sighs) 
I think I can beat it, but yeah, I'm going to have to do a little bit of grinding there. But man, it'll be mm-hmm. a nice one to check off the list and be like, I actually have beat Dark Cloud, <laughs> yeah. whether I, I told myself this or not in the past. Um, Just but takes yeah, a lot of forethought. Still playing some Fall Guys. I do want to get back to Demon Souls, but man, I have to be in the right mindset for that one. <laughs> uh, God, that man eater. Again, more grinding and just like, uh, yep. it's so, just so deflating when I make no progress and spend hours on that game. Mm-hmm. So same with like Final Fantasy Nine. I watched someone else play it and I was like, man, fuck this grinding. I would not have done like I. He was he was taking on like the ultimate bosses and the secret bosses that were super hard. And, like, the sheer amount of grinding you have to do just to get up to a feasible level. Like, yep. with the Maneater, where it's like, you can't fight this yet. You can get here. You can die to it a ton, but you can't beat it yet. It's like, ugh. And you just gotta grind and grind and grind. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's basically my gaming update. Uh, streaming <laughs> Fall Guys here and there still. I've been on, like, a crown uh, drought lately. I can't get any. So that's another reason I'm, like, trying to dip back into new, uh, or new, uh, other games. <laughs> Yeah. New, this 20-year-old game I'm playing on the highest newest gen console. Exactly. <laughs> you love dropping $500 on a, eight, a 4K console just to just play to a play PS2 game. That's, pixel well, graphics. <laughs> I wish, it, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. If I go into the PlayStation store for the PlayStation 5, I don't think I have access to the PS2 library. All depending on maybe certain titles. But, like, mm-hmm. on the PS4, I do. But then it's like, oh, those PS4 games transferred to PS5. It's like, what the hell? I don't know. It's all confusing. <laughs> yeah. But it's like people buying like a thousand dollar PC rig and then they just stream old Pokemon games. <laughs> Why did you spend all that money? <laughs> but but let's see what's going on in the news, if anything. Uh, uh, speaking of Pokemon, I think I'm actually going to be interested in the new Pokemon that like old Pokemon because we talked about a while ago when Nintendo did the release or the or Nintendo Direct where they're doing like we're doing a Diamond and Pearl remake. It's like cool. I didn't care about those. I still don't. But the one where it's like the old ancient Pokemon game, where it seems to be a blend of the generations. That might have my interest, and that seems to be pseudo-related to Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. So, I've just been seeing a lot of people streaming Pokemon lately, and I kind of got the itch to do yeah. like something. Um I've seen a bunch of people streaming Kingdom Hearts lately, and I'm like, Ooh. it doesn't rem- make me want to go back and play, only because I feel like I have the platinum from Kingdom Hearts 1. I'm like, why would I ever replay that? I <laughs> love it to did death. Everything. But the, this actually ties into show topics. I did see somewhere, it must have been recommended to me in like Facebook Marketplace or somewhere dumb, but it was Kingdom Hearts Talisman competitive board Fuck. game. Off. <laughs> And it's this like on sale. Typically, heard. it's typically seventy bucks, but it's going on sale for forty three dollars on Amazon. And I'm tempted. I, I'm almost curious how it would play out, just like uh, in the Kingdom Hearts world. But uh, yeah, I know you won't be playing that one with me. And I, it, it, it'd, it'd probably be a tough sell for my wife too. <laughs> <laughs> she marries you and promises to love you forever, and that's going to be a tough sell for her. <laughs> yep. What is this? I would pay roughly about $43, maybe $45, give you a little extra, to never get anywhere near that fucking game. Yeah. I will pay you to keep that away from me. So it's, I imagine it's just Talisman, but it's just, it's like the Monopoly games. It is, is it different? No, it's just reskinned with the characters you already Reskinned, and that's what I mean. The artwork is really cool looking. Gotta give them credit. And the little figurines, let's go. No, absolutely not. Talisman is a bad game. And no. so is Kingdom Hearts. Oh, man. 
you're like, wrong. There's pl- <laughs> there's plenty of stuff where I go. I, it's not for me. It's you know everyone's got different opinions. Everyone got different taste. Like that's fine. You can you know you can like your racing games or your Madden games. They're all basically the same to me. But you can like those. It's fine. I think Kingdom Hearts and Mon- and uh, Monopoly. I think Monopoly's bad too. And uh, Talisman are just objectively bad games. They're just not good. <laughs> You're allowed to have these opinions. I just disagree with them. And there's also a Kingdom Hearts TCG, and it's like, goddamn, if that's not right up my alley. But the problem there is, like, good luck finding cards anywhere. I don't know if it's a it, I must. That's the thing, but, like, I know they have, like, Japanese cards, obviously, but then there's yeah. English ones, and I'm thinking, like, where were they sold? Like, I, <laughs> it's just so hard to come across these. Uh, trading cards were also just, like, at every cash register in every store, so you could go to, like, Office Depot and get a bunch of trading cards for some fucking reason. So, like, they probably just are in weird random stores. And, you know, of course, and the specialty stores, like, actual gaming stores or, like, board game stores that specialize in that stuff. But, right. Yeah, it's like, you might not have seen Kingdom Hearts trading card game because Office Depot had the licensing rights to it for some reason. So you only would get them there, and but no one knew about it. Because why would a kid go to Office Depot? Right. Or something like that. No, I, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I would love to get those Kingdom Hearts cards, but yeah, right. It just makes me think of Chain of Memories, and I don't need to think of Chain of Memories. We can move on. See, even you don't like Kingdom Hearts. Dude, I don't like, King- I don't like Chain of Memories. I'll be honest. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. On to more pleasant things. Uh, we don't talk about fighting games too much on this podcast because we're not good at them. They're hard to do. I respect everyone that does it. Evo is very entertaining to watch people who are very skilled at it. Uh, but <laughs> they're very hard to play. Uh, but speaking of that, Street Fighter V has a new fighter coming out. It's a older character that hasn't been in a ton. So I, I wasn't familiar with this character. Uh, so he's not wildly popular. But his name is Oro. And hmm. his gimmick is he's like a 700-year-old monk that, like, has found immortality or something. So oh, he's it's the spit monk. The guy that lives on his own spit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it might be. Is that? I don't know. That, that came scene? up on a previous episode somehow <laughs> with Mark. I've, I don't uh, remember. That might be true then. Because, yeah, this is, guy, this is a guy who's essentially, like, he's found immortality, but he's, he's not young. He's like an old wrinkly bag of skin, but is also the best fighter in the world. Uh, so much so that in the previous games, he's tied his hit one hand behind his back to make it an equal fight with whoever he's fighting. Damn, now that's a friggin' flex. My favorite part is, in this new iteration with Street Fighter V, instead of just tying his hand behind his back, because they already did that, that'd be boring, the new gimmick to restrain his hand is, he's always carrying around his little turtle friend. Oh, that's good. I for some reason I thought it was gonna be something awful, like he's jerking off or something. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I was gonna say it probably would have been bad, but yeah, I don't, I don't, wouldn't have gone that far. But <laughs> yeah, he's just a really old dude who just always has a turtle in one of his hands, and like some of his combination moves are like, you know, his jump kicks or something. He'll throw the turtle up and like punch you with both hands and then catch it. Let's so you go. know, it's, it's not permanent, but like I just love. A character who's just always got, like, a little turtle pet, like, just constantly in his one hand. So. No, I'm with you. This is such a cool concept. The turtle is adorable. I'm only concerned, though, when your character loses, like, does he, like, set him down, like, softly? <laughs> yeah, he, like, takes the final hit, loses himself, <laughs> he gently puts the turtle down, and it falls face first into the exactly, ground. Exactly, his head rolls off his shoulders. <laughs> I think he'll probably get knocked back, and the turtle will, like, roll onto its back, and then, like, flip back over, over and, like, walk over to 
and like try and wake up the knocked out guy when he loses. But, right. Yeah, I just fighting games are great. Street Fighter Five is apparently pretty decent. Um, but I just love this concept of like, what if we just gave him a little turtle and just made him hold it all the time while he's fighting, and that's it. That's the character. That's the story. That's the article. Uh, that's so cool. What else is going on? Uh, speaking of old school games, uh, actually a recent game, uh, Streets of Rage 4 is getting DLC coming soon. Oh, nice. So they're going to have, I think, three new characters you can play as, a new story mode and stuff. So uh, I talked about it before. Fantastic game. Like, if you missed the side-scrolling beat-em-up games, like, it, that's what that is. They know what it is. They lean into the style. It's really campy and over-the-top, and it's everything you want from a modern-day street, uh, Streets of Rage. Like, it's very well done. My complaint is, I think the genre hasn't maintained its uh, place in the market in modern days because it's just kind of stagnant. It's tough. It controls rough. And that's less of a criticism of Streets of Rage 4 and more of just the genre as a whole. Right. Because they're meant to be the arcade games of, like, Turtles in Time and stuff, and it's it's rough. Like, you just get really yeah. dogpiled in some of those, so it's just challenging. So, when I talked, when I played it, when I talked about it, I just like, like I said, I tried it on the normal mode for a while, or like I tried it on hard, I think, and it went to normal and then went to easy. I'm just like, fuck it, I'm just beating this game. Like, so I can only imagine that DLC is going to be even harder, more challenging. Uh, one cool thing is one of the characters you see in the game who is an enemy for a while then becomes an ally, you can, you'll be able to play as her in the DLC. She's oh, like nice. a, this big SWAT cop. With like this huge braided like ponytail, she's real badass and cool. Um, so a lot of the fans got like attached to her because of her great design and stuff. Uh, so it'd be cool seeing it that you'll be able to play as her soon. Nice. So looking forward to that. Uh, I see Cozy Grove is Animal Crossing's chilled out haunted neighbor. What's that? Yeah, so this is a game I saw on Steam and I checked it. Out. I was like, oh, this art style looks adorable as hell. Yeah, and I clicked on it. It's like an isometric. It's pretty much Animal Crossing plus Don't Starve. Oh, wow. So it just seems like a really chill, like you're a little camper. You go to an island with like some animal people and turns out the island's haunted, but not like spooky, scary. We're going to eat you haunted. More like, hey, I'm a ghost. Can you do me a favor? Because I can't hold things anymore. <laughs> and you do little, like, side quests for both, like, the people on the island and the ghost and help them out. Um, but it seems like Don't Starve in, like, all of the mechanics. Like, it's all top-down from an angle, isometric. Uh, you walk around, you craft, you talk with people and stuff. Um, seems real cool. I, like, I love the art style. I'm kind of burnt out on Don't Starve, though, and games like that. That's so, fair. Yeah, I love the art style myself. I'm just, I've never played Don't Starve, so I wonder if I'd be more likely to give this one a chance. Yeah, if you've ever seen Don't Starve and you're like, that looks interesting, but that looks like stressful and like high strong. It yes. Yeah. Uh, so if you just want like kind of a chilled out version of it, maybe with like a taste of Animal Crossing, this seems like the perfect combination of that. I was like, huh, I wouldn't be surprised if this one takes off. If this one gets like popular on Twitch and people are just like, for sure, the art is five just... beats to play Cozy Grove too. Like it's got cozy yeah. in the title. So. Exactly. No, yeah. This one's just visually pleasing to look at. I'm sure it's fun to play as well. Yeah. Uh, another game I saw that caught my attention uh, <laughs> that is debatably visually pleasing to look at uh, uh -oh. <laughs> is a game called uh, Nigate Tale. 
the gate tail. And this one mostly caught my eye because it's a roguelike, and I am painfully addicted to them. Uh, but this is also isometric, like top-down. And it really... I mean, any isometric roguelike is going to remind me of uh, Hades. But this is very reminiscent of Hades. Uh, but kind of in a 3D, kind of Dark Cloud 2 style. Yeah, like Toony. Yeah. Too, yeah, Toony would be good because it's like anime, but it's not like. It's kind of like a chibi, but not quite chibi. It's like a weird mix. Right. Um, but really, it just reminded me of like a phone game, kind of. Like if you told me this was on like a high. The high-end phone, I'd believe you. Or the Switch. This would be make sense on like a good Switch game. Um, but yeah, it's like a dungeon crawler. You run around. There's like these weird caricature demons. Like it's like a big demon chef and stuff. Uh, looks like you go to hell at some point and fight them. And yeah, roguelike kind of bullet helly. You're dodging the particle effects and laser beams and gas clouds and getting different weapons and seeing the combination of them. Um, seems pretty neat. Seems. Kind of nice. Uh, interested to see how this game plays out. The thing that kind of brought it to my attention, or at least that made it unique, is there's also just big anime titties in there for yeah, for no absolutely reason. no reason. Like <laughs> not... we talk, if you go to Steam, like this is how I found it. I look at like the up and coming like games to the store or like new releases that are coming out soon, and I look at those every now. And th- this is how I found this. Yeah, and I saw the gameplay of this. And I was like, oh, this kind of looks neat. But again, in a lot of the packaging for this, a lot of the advertising for this, there's just big titty anime girls. And, uh, what is it? Yeah, spiritual realm. Uh, oh, you're lost in a, uh, in a spiritual realm, but powerful monster girls will help you get back to your home with new powers and weapons uh, if you bring them the right presence. But that part seems so disconnected. Like, it's so wildly different than the art style of the actual game and of, like, this demon chef I was talking about. And, everything else about the game itself this really really feels like the epitome of a game where they're just like we made a game we got a cool idea we don't really know how to make it stand out and the publisher is like we gotta make our money back anime titties sell on steam slap some anime titties on there it does feel like that so out of place so wildly out of place and they're like all right add a dating sim element too. have the anime girls in there but you also have to win their affection by giving them, like, gifts, like, five times or something. And they're like, cool. It's a really easy way to add on top of just, like, some moving JPEGs. Great. Now it's in the system. Now we have eye candy we can put on Steam to get some horny weaves and get them to buy it. Because, like, the game by itself looks good. Like, the mechanics and the art style. And, like, it looks charming and fun. And, like, I could definitely see this catching on and being like, hey, this is a pretty good game. And then the anime girls are just so out of fucking left field. Like, yeah, no, like the just the main art on the Steam page is just like a cat-eared girl with giant boobs that are like glistening, yeah. like all like friggin' oiled or something. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, when you look at this game, I it, I don't think of this. I don't think I've seen that character once in this trailer or in any, any of these screenshots. It's like, yeah. why are you using they, that as your advertising? They literally pop up from like the bottom of the screen. Like they're not in the game they are just like an overlay on top of if God you look at the damn. actual trailer it's like a bullet hell dungeon crawler uh one of the like one of the trailers starts off with a boss character who's like an owl gardener who's got like little baby owls in like its front pocket and he's got this big shovel that's also a pair of scissors it's like that's a cool character that's something interesting i'm you know i'm curious to see what that's about and then like the next screenshot is just like this weird demon anime girl and like 
on my Chrome yeah. Bikini. And it's like, it's, what? It's kind of sad what? they felt the need to do that, because it does, like, even just, like, by itself, this game looks like it could stand on its own. It looks charming feet. as hell. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, th- this is mostly why I call my attention of, like, this seems like a fine game. Like, I I don't think it'll be the next Hades. I don't think it'll be winning every award in, you know, gaming award out there. But I think it'll do well on its own. And then it's just so out, out of left field. Just this distasteful, like, hey, what if sex was in it? What if you could fuck anime demon girls in this? It's like, but why? Yeah, but why is but the why? question. <laughs> Well, no, it looks like it's going to be available today. Uh, it comes out, so yeah, it's listeners, out get your time. hands on Negate Tail. <laughs> it's just like that one. It's just like because there's di- there's Star Fox Dinosaur Planet, which is the same thing. Of like, here's this game about a dinosaur planet. It's like cool. We don't think this is going to sell well. How do we get people to buy this? Slap Star Fox in there last minute. Okay, is this connected to the Star Fox universe at all? No, not at all. There's nothing remotely close to Star Fox in this. Right, but now, but now we put Star Fox in it, and it sold a bunch of copies. So like, it works. If you go on Steam, if you look at like upcoming games, every single day there is some big titty anime visual novel in there. Like, yeah, there are a ton of these games. Any remark that Steam made about quality and filtering their store for like not shovelware bullshit games was a lie. Because, right. good God, if there if anything, there's more now than ever. So, like, there's plenty out there. So, like, I they make their money back, I guess. Yeah, what the hell was the one you posted in our random the other day? My married cousin's need for seed. Jesus yep. Christ, that sounds <laughs> that sounds like Game or No Game. We gotta bring the, the conversation games back. Maybe we'll do that for episode 400 if we can get anybody else to join us. <laughs> so, like, there's just a lot of garbage out there. And this one I was kind of just disappointed because I'm like, the core game by itself looks fine. It looks good. And I was kind of just sad to see that they felt the need to add that, slap that on top of it to try and help it sell better. But Right. Yeah, no, I agree. They didn't yeah. need to. But to yeah, each their own, maybe it'll help them out. It might. We're it talking might. about it. <laughs> it. It's definitely something to talk about. So <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, but that's all I had for this episode. Is there anything uh, you want to say before we wrap this one up and do some plugs? Uh, oh, we didn't talk about it. I'll say uh, Last of Us is getting a remake. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, why? Talk about, but why? <laughs> I mean, why? Uh, Sony needs money, apparently. Yeah, so and they're, they're capitalizing on the sequel. Like, they're yeah. just like, I don't know. People, and the it's TV a hot show. And oh, exactly. A movie it's hot in right the works, now. And there's probably a TTRBG in the works and a card game and a board game. Because oh, apparently, no. everything's just getting everything now because, hey, money. So, yeah. I'm not surprised. But when we talked about this, we posted the show topics. Uh, Doug, you pointed out. There was an HD remake of it already for right. PS4 because I played it on PS3. So like there already was a remake for the next gen, and this is just going to be. It just feels like Skyrim now, where just every two years we get a remake of the game <laughs> just to keep the money coming in. Yeah, and um, the uh, best pra- uh, best graphics make it like those pores on those noses even more oh, yeah. realistic. I don't know. Like really need those fine details when you're running and gunning and hiding behind cover and really not paying attention to the fine details of the game. Yeah. So. Uh, and when we when you posted this, we talked about like the Life is Strange remake, and you were saying how you think Life is Strange will be good with better graphics, and that's deserving of the remake. I think, I personally think both games don't need the remake. They both uh, Last of Us came out eight years ago, Life is Strange came out six years ago. I still think those are pretty recent. Right? Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. You're right. 
I think Life is Strange, I think the graphics are definitely lower quality than Last of Us, but I think it was more stylized. They were, they saw the limitation of the graphics and they weren't going to go for photorealistic. So instead they went with like a watercolor aesthetic for the whole world or for like the stuff that not finer details, not the characters' backgrounds and stuff. Right. And I think that worked great. I think in the trailers I was turned off by it, but then playing it, I was like, oh, this looks great in motion. Like this works very well. Yeah. Um, with Last of Us, they had the budget. So they're like, let's do photorealistic, I like, guess, as much as we can. So I think that was just the different teams and the budgets and the development time and all that. Both of them, like I said, I don't think either deserves or really requires the remake. I think they're capitalizing on the sequels of both of them. And then Life is Strange has the third one coming out. Last of Us has the show coming out. So I think it's capitalizing on that. Um, they don't need this, but it's just no, they be don't. an easy and cash grab. What's even weirder is I think in the article I was reading, like it's like a one of Sony's like offshoot studios responsible for the remake. So it's like they're like I feel like it's like the B team, and they're like, yeah, just uh, remake this game again, but make it better graphics. I'm curious to see if it's going to be well received or not, or if people are going to just be like, no, it's the exact same. It's it will it be like a Demon Souls? Like at least with Demon Souls, th- that wasn't didn't have an HD. Uh, remake like why yeah. are they remaking this when there is an HD remake you're that's what it really confuses me the most it's like didn't they already do that yeah I, I forgot about that title until you, until you pointed that out but like yeah I could understand Demon Souls having the update but not Last of Us because they had the recent HD and then with this like I mean I like Last of Us you don't we already know that but it <laughs> seems like online it seems like people are pretty universally rallying against this like i haven't seen anyone who's like oh boy another a remake of last of us and everyone seems to be universally going why don't you do other stuff why don't you remake jack and daxter why don't you remake some of the other titles instead of just putting all your eggs in this one uh, like award-winning basket of the last of us like we've already had the HD remake we already had the sequel we already got like so many fucking awards for the last of us that it's all the gaming award shows became redundant last year because all of them were going to the last of us yeah and i haven't played last of us too maybe it's deserving maybe it is really that good but you get really fucking sick of people jerking like jerking themselves off about last of us too right you don't need a remake shoved down our throat too especially with the tv show which we've already gone on the record saying doesn't need to exist it's better as a game because you have yeah. the agency of the characters and you're more invested in joel and ellie's story much like life is strange uh we talked about I wouldn't give a shit if Life is Strange was a TV show, but because I was playing as Max and I was more invested in Chloe and Max's story because I had control over it, I liked it as a game. I yeah. would not care if it was in any other media format. So I like I'm glad to see that the fan at least the fans that I saw, maybe it's just my curated list on Twitter, so maybe I, you know, maybe I'm in my own little bubble here. But it seemed like a lot of people were just going, Why? Why don't why doesn't Sony take a risk? With something else instead of just being the safe bet. You know what that risk should be with this B team? Dark Cloud 3, motherfuckers. I'm telling you. You want the B team to take your Dark Cloud? No. Well, I'll take any Dark Cloud 3 <laughs> at this point. I think that, that's not Sony, though. That's a different studio. That's Oh, uh, yeah. Level 5. Yeah. yeah. But, like, with Sony, Sony has a lot of property. I mean, they remake the Spyro trilogy recently, which, hey, fair. That one's old enough that it deserves a remake. I can understand sure. that. But, like, there's plenty of other amazing titles in Sony's catalog. I mean, they're making they're making a new Oddworld game, so, like, there's that. But, like, there's so much more you could do besides just... Like I said, The Last of Us just seems to be turning into Skyrim. 
where it's like, hey, this works. Keep remaking it for every platform, every generation, every few years, and keep that money coming in. This is, we talked about G4 a ton, how cops was what kept the lights on at G4, of just that trash TV was able to pay for the other shit yes. and put effort into. Seems like Last of Us is going to be that for Sony. It's just like, this pays for everything else, but you're going to have to pay for it. Like, you're going to have to keep buying it. It's like, ah. I just can't wait for a few more iterations, and we're all just so sick of it that they just are like, all right, guys, it's The Last of Us, but this time with anime titties. <laughs> and they're like, all right, you got us this time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're back in. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Call me, uh, tell me when it's The Last of Us kart racing, when we go back to that. Like, then, you know. There it is. Just, I'm just, yeah. It, it seems like everyone is kind of like, why are you doing this, Sony? Like, it's yeah. obvious a cash grab, but it's just, like, exhausted. I'm like, why? Why? Speaking of why are we doing this, let's wrap this episode up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where can our listeners <laughs> find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter. Pretty inactive on Twitter at abtsbrendan. Uh, it's mostly there to retweet anything related to this show and my other podcast, Are We There Yet? It's uh, W-E-E-B. Um, it's where we watch three episodes or a movie of an anime, give a recap of it with our opinions. It's a good way to just get a sampler pack of anime. Of, you know, Hey, this, thing, this show kind of interested me, but I don't know if I want to commit to it. We give a good recap in <laughs> our opinions. A lot of the time, our opinions are bad. Uh, so take that with a big grain of salt. I believe this week, as of this episode dropping, we watched, oh, I talked about it last week, but yeah, I'll say it again. Uh, the Pretty Derby anime with horse girls that just run oh, around right. the racetrack. Why? Because it's weird as shit, and I don't like horses, so I figured I'd see what it's about. It's so not good. You, I was going to say, you're <laughs> going to continue to watch that one? No, it's not uh, good. Fair enough. And... Speaking of things that aren't good, no, I'm just kidding. I have another <laughs> podcast. It's called Renervate, uh, R-E-N-N-E-R-V-A-T-E. Gotta spell it because it's a weird word. It's a, weird uh, word. It's a Harry Potter spell. Anyway, uh, it's for a Harry Potter trading card game podcast. If you have any interest in that, check it out. I also have a record label, MissedOutRecords.com, if you want to see what cassettes are available for sale over there. And the band that does our intro and outro music is a band called Kinda Alright. Head over to kindaallright.bandcamp.com for more music from them. But that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next time with episode 400. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. See ya.